Good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another installment of Weekend Update. From high above all other puerile and pedantic forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Cowboy State Politics is Wyoming's most listened to political podcast. Thank you for listening, my friends, and good morning. We begin this morning with a follow-up from a story I brought you yesterday on Cowboy State Politics Live. There's been very little coverage in Wyoming papers about the explosions on the Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 pipelines. If you're unfamiliar with what these are, this is the major natural gas supply line from Russia to Germany. It's like the number one energy resource of most of Western Europe. And on Monday, there were several explosions that ruptured both of those pipelines. On Thursday's live broadcast, I brought you this soundbite from Tucker Carlson. Here it is again. It started Tuesday evening on a grim note, but one of the environmental catastrophes, one of the great environmental catastrophes of our time, is unfolding tonight off the coast of Denmark. The Nord Stream pipelines, which are enormous Russian-owned conduits that carry natural gas from Russia to Western Europe, have been breached. As we speak, Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 are pouring millions of cubic meters of natural gas into the Baltic Sea. Pictures from the air, which you can now see on your screen, show a toxic bubble field more than half a mile wide. You can only guess at how many marine mammals are being killed right now, countless. But the lasting damage may be to the atmosphere. Natural gas is comprised of up to 90% methane. Methane, as Joe Biden has often told you, is the key driver of global warming, which is, of course, an existential threat to humanity and the planet. So if you're worried about climate change, what just happened to the Nord Stream pipelines is as close to the apocalypse as we have ever come. So the question is, how did this happen? And it turns out it was not an accident. At the very same time that leaks in these pipelines were detected, Swedish officials recorded two powerful undersea explosions, each one of which was equivalent to hundreds of pounds of TNT. Nothing in nature can account for that. Almost immediately, the pipelines began leaking in three separate places. So there's only one explanation for what happened. This was an act of industrial terrorism. That was very obvious to the Prime Minister of Poland, and he wasted no time in saying so. Watch. Today, we are also dealing with an act of sabotage. We do not know the details of what happened yet, but we can clearly see that it is an act of sabotage, an act that probably marks the next stage in the escalation of the situation we are dealing with in Ukraine. We can clearly see, he said, this was an act of sabotage, an act of terrorism. Well, yes, we can see that. So the question is who did it, and of course the prime suspect is obvious, it would be the same man who caused domestic inflation here in the U.S. and stole the 2016 election from Hillary Clinton, that'd be Vladimir V. Putin. The Washington Post got right to it, Putin, they declared, is now weaponizing the Nord Stream pipelines. According to the Canadian ambassador to the U.N., Vladimir Putin has decided to use, quote, pollution as an act of war. Progressive Twitter strongly endorsed this conclusion. Putin did it. And that makes sense until you thought about it for just a moment. Vladimir Putin may be evil, they tell us that he is evil, but is he stupid? Probably isn't stupid. 
And yet, and here's the strange part, if you are Vladimir Putin, you would have to be a suicidal moron to blow up your own energy pipelines. That's the one thing you would never do. Indeed, those two pipelines are Russia's cash cow. That's how he's funding his war in Ukraine. So it doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense for Vladimir Putin to blow up his own pipelines. I'm sure that all of us have an obvious inclination to kind of think about Vladimir Putin as sort of a Dr. Evil-ish character. Sort of an evil genius, a little bit nuts, well, sort of like this. It's come to my attention that a breakaway Russian Republic, Kripalakistan, is about to transfer a nuclear warhead to the United Nations in a few days. Here's the plan. We get the warhead and we hold the world ransom for... One million dollars. <throat> well, don't you think we should maybe ask for more than a million dollars? A million dollars isn't exactly a lot of money these days. Virtucon alone makes over nine billion dollars a year. Really? Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Okay, then. We hold the world ransom for... One hundred... Billion dollars. <laughs> well, it's funny, but that bears no resemblance whatsoever to Vladimir Putin. Putin is a career KGB agent. He's a smart guy. Clearly, however, invading Ukraine was not one of his brighter moves. But nonetheless, he has to fund that war somehow. And the Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2 pipelines are how he does it. And right now, they're inoperable. So the question is, who is responsible for this underwater espionage? Well, there's this. If Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again. Then uh, there, will be, uh, we, there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, we will bring an end to it. What do, what, how, will you, how will you do that exactly, since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control? We will, uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Huh. I wonder what that means. To be fair, President Trump had Nord Stream 2 stop dead cold. He did it through sanctions, regulatory efforts, and diplomacy. So that could be what President Biden meant. It's hard to say. I mean, Sleepy Joe isn't exactly in possession of all of his faculties, so who knows what he was talking about. But even before he said that, on January 27th, Victoria Newland at the U.S. State Department said this. With regard to Nord Stream 2, uh, we continue to have uh, very strong and clear conversations uh, with our German allies, and I want to be clear with you today. If Russia invades Ukraine, one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. Given that comment from the U.S. Department of State on January 27th, it's pretty clear that what the president said was not some offhanded remark. Also, President Biden doesn't often speak without a teleprompter or note cards, so it's pretty clear that somebody wrote that down for him to say. What we don't know is what was meant by it. All that we really have are those two comments from U.S. officials and a blown-up pipeline. And I really hope that we weren't responsible for that. Next up, some political advocacy courtesy of the Pravda on the Platte 
and a little bit of credit where credit is due. But first, some completely outrageous self-aggrandizement. You can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps. iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website, cowboystatepolitics.com. There, you can find all of the shows, as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If your name is Sleepy Joe Biden and you're without your note cards, well, you can go to CowboyStatePolitics.com, pull up an article, and educate yourself. Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. If you're in the market for an outbuilding, or a garage, or a barn, or a roping arena, or a giant warehouse... Well, then you need to call my friends, Nick and Jesse, at Morton Buildings, 307-674-2532. These guys are the experts in metal building construction. They've been doing it longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it better than anybody else around. So whatever whatever type of building you've got in mind, give Nick and Jesse a call. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532. Or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. If you are as big a fan of hot wings as I am, then you need to track down the Wing It food truck. They make the most amazing hot wings in the state of Wyoming. And it's not just hot wings. They have several other different flavors. I personally recommend the garlic parmesan wings. They're incredible. Now, to figure out where that truck is going to be, you go to CowboysStatePolitics.com and look underneath the Sponsors tab, and you can find their schedule there. Trust me, once you've tasted one of these yummy hot wings, you'll plan your whole week around where that truck is going to be. That's the Wing It Food Truck. And now, back to the program. Most of our elections are concluded after the primary. Well, not all of the races are concluded, but most of them. Anyhow, the jockeying for leadership position has commenced. And the propaganda pamphlet, the Pravda on the Plat, has been able to weave those two things together. To the Red Star! An article entitled, Ad Implies Independents Can't Vote for House Speaker. That's not exactly true. Author Maya Shimizu Harris writes on Thursday, September 29th, and I quote, Ahem, ahem. Senator Sherry Steinmetz implied in a radio advertisement aired Thursday morning that lawmakers with an independent party affiliation don't get to vote in elections for Speaker of the House. That isn't exactly true. Independents don't have a vote in choosing party nominees for the role, but they do have a vote when choosing among those nominees in the legislature, end quote. Gosh, that makes it sound like Senator Steinmetz is a liar, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, anyway, the third paragraph into the article talks about what Senator Steinmetz actually said, and I quote, Steinmetz of Lingle says in the ad that Republican nominee for House District 5, Scott Smith, 
will have a very important vote before the next legislative session to elect House Republican leadership. She encourages listeners to vote for Smith over his opponent, Independent Todd Peterson, to, quote, ensure that Goshen County has a voice in this critical election for Speaker of the House, end quote. What's the difference? Well, Senator Steinmetz is talking about a Republican Party vote, not a vote of the whole legislature, as Maya Shimizu Harris is trying to lead you to believe. She's also engaging in the very same thing that I accuse the cow pie of doing all the time, and that is printing a headline and then kind of correcting the headline somewhere down in the article. Secondly, Maya Shimizu Harris is trying to paint Senator Steinmetz as a moron, insinuating that she doesn't know that the actual vote for Speaker of the House happens on the legislative floor. So guess who the majority party is in the House of Representatives? It's the Republicans. So who then gets to choose the Speaker of the House? It's the Republicans. And of course, the entire legislature gets to performatively vote for the Speaker of the House and the Speaker pro tem. But the majority of the House is Republicans. So that vote that Senator Steinmetz is talking about almost always decides who the Speaker of the House is going to be. As the article correctly points out, in at least one case... The chosen Speaker of the House by the Republican Steve Harshman did not win the election, so that does happen. But that doesn't negate what Maya Shimizu Harris is trying to do to Senator Sherry Steinmetz. The truth of the matter is that Senator Steinmetz is correct, that the most likely outcome of that party vote is going to determine the Speaker of the House. Period. The other thing that this article tells you is that Maya Shimizu Harris has evidently been taking writing lessons from the Casper Star's Victoria Evis. That's the only logical explanation for producing such political drivel. As it relates to Victoria Evis of the Pravda on the Platte, I've got a big story coming next week that you probably want to pay attention to. I've got the Pravda on the Platte dead to rights. Moving on. Credit where credit is due, and this time, surprisingly, it's in the cow pie. There are numerous books in Wyoming public libraries and Wyoming high school and elementary school libraries that fit the precise definition of pornography. In the case of a book entitled Lawn Boy, there is a very graphic and explicit portrayal of sexual activities between two fourth grade boys. There's also a very graphic description of pedophilia activities inside the book. And that's just one example. Parents across the cowboy state have challenged numerous books that are contained in the children's sections of public libraries and that are in school libraries that are honestly not that much different than an issue of Hustler or Penthouse. To my knowledge, and with the exception of one challenge to one book, all of those attempts to challenge what is arguably pornography in school libraries have failed. I've told you numerous times that I refuse to read this trash on this program because I have standards. Well, and my lawyer told me that I better not do that because I would be guilty of disseminating child pornography on a public broadcast. It has become evident, however, that the only way to make our argument stick with all of these hypocritical library boards is to expose their hypocrisy for all to see. And that is precisely what the Cowboy State Daily has done. 
On Thursday, they published an article entitled Controversial Books, quote, Gender Queer and Trans Bodies, Trans Selves Remain in Casper High School Library. Here's what's in them. For the very same reason that I won't read passages out of these books, the article by Claire McFarland begins with an explicit content warning. In painstaking detail, Claire McFarland went through each of those books and copied exactly what is in them. And as you can read it for yourself, it's exactly what I've been telling you is contained in these books. Let's just hope that parents, teachers, and administrators read Claire McFarland's article. I've posted a link to the article on the website and at cowboystatepolitics.com. If you want to see what's being done to your children and what is being defended by school boards, by the teachers' union, by administrators, by teachers, by library board members, then go read the article. So anyway, credit where credit is due. Good job, Claire. Well, that'll do it for this installment of Weekend Update. Don't forget to join me for the live broadcast every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Have a good rest of your weekend, and we'll talk again on Monday. From the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is Cowboy State Politics.